0: Welcome to episode 607 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right team, welcome along to episode six oh seven of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, and
1: Bevan James Owls. How you going, mate? I'm very good. Yourself. Bloody brilliant, mate. Bloody brilliant. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's been Had great. my morning swim this morning, started in the dark, outdoor pool at six thirty, finished in a bit of daylight. Been out for your run or been to the gym. I taught my sprint class, John. You sprint? I run in the afternoon today. Yeah. Forty minute, easy, nothing too yeah. crazy. Had a haircut. Had a
0: haircut. Go to Australia this weekend. This weekend I'm going to Australia. Yeah. Australia? Yeah, and uh, when I go to Australia, I go to Perth on Friday, mm-hmm. fly to Adelaide Saturday, fly to Brisbane Sunday, fly home Sunday night. Glamorous lifestyle you have. <laughs> it's the life of the rich and the famous. I tell you, I talk is proudly brought to you by
1: Extreme Endurance, your lactic buffer, and our patrons. And then a few jumbo: Colin, the convict Bieloski. We've got Ryan. Uh, sorry, Jeremy, special agent Ryan. And Simon Pace, the setter. So Simon the Pace setter. Yeah. Nice.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay, guys. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got John's history lesson. Tell me all about it.
1: Well, we've got a little bit of a discussion around the Commonwealth Games, so I thought I'm going to tell you guys about the Commonwealth Games and how it's progressed over the last three editions, so 12 years, I guess.
0: And all of them have been pretty good, haven't
1: they? Yes, yeah I have been quite good races, but we'll go into that later on and and they've got the team's race as well, which I love We've got an interview. We are talking babies John's pregnant <laughs> because <laughs> we had so many pregnancies this year in the pro ranks, but also this is on a slightly more serious topic. We've got an expert in the area of females preparing for pregnancy and post pregnancy coming back from that and I know some of you guys will be thinking uh, but a high, a, percent- pigs. Yeah, a high percentage of you probably have wives or have kids and so maybe that can enhance your understanding of what females go through
0: and you'll be able to tell your wife what to do when she's pregnant because women love being told what to do <laughs> when they're pregnant Yeah. you know, look, I listen to a podcast, I know everything so that really helps as well we've got uh, Wanger of the Week, uh, some questions and answers at the end but let's get into the main piece of news John, I'm in New Zealand. Now I didn't get to, I didn't even get to know anything about the race. Like Hawaii last year. Mm-hmm. Paul no text me about two in the afternoon saying it looks like um, Terenzo might do a sub 8. And I was like back it up I didn't see anything about the race. Mm-hmm. So you are my commentator for the day.
1: It was a very very good race on the guy's side of things. Uh I don't think I, I don't think I would have ever thought somebody'd go sub 8 maybe eventually. But the Ironman New Zealand course, oh no. um, it's usually pretty accurate. Uh, the, the, the f- I had three people racing and all of their data is a little bit mixed up. But it's usually pretty close to being accurate. So you can dispel any any qualms there about going, oh, it's the course is short, etc. Um this, the, and the other thing with the Ironman New Zealand course, the transitions are really long, especially transition one oh, from swim to bike. Yeah,
0: it's what about three uh, or four hundred meters?
1: Yeah, they've, they've changed it this year, but it's still long. What do you mean they changed it? What they changed doing? where you come, it came out of the swim. So that I haven't actually analysed to see if that had much impact on the transition times. Okay. But even if it did, there's still still a long transition. Yeah. So you got that add to the mix. The roads in New Zealand are just infinitely slower than anywhere else in the world in terms of, say, Kona or Rote or anything like that, and the run is very undulating. There's plenty of flat, but there's lots of little three, bumps three and laps. lumps. Three laps, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that just makes this sub-eight-hour performance by Torinzo fantastic. Now, they were helped by very, very good conditions, so everybody went fast, but I think Torenzo's really put his hand up now saying... Um, I mean, he's, he's kind of already done it, but, yeah, but he's, it, there's
0: a consistency level that's coming through now, yeah. isn't there?
1: I don't recall him having a crappy Iron Man in the last couple of years, yeah. so and he's gone
0: sub ape twice now, mm. and, and on this course, three. A sub-8, oh, three. three times, yeah. And this, you know, as you said, this is quite mind blowing. Mm. You know, it's not a road, it's not a Austria, it's not you know Western Australia it's one it's one on the calendar we wouldn't have expected to go this year it's going to go sub eight mm. you're you're
1: dreaming he looked fantastic i mean they did have a little bit of video coverage the stuff that i saw was pretty pretty crap it was just kind of on a motorbike and it was kind of live stuff and it was breaking up but when you did get uh, th- when i saw him on the bike and saw him on the run geez he looked so good like running he really looked like he was running you know so often you see guys that are they just sort of um you know plodding along so terenzo well, and look
0: at look, like if we say complete triathlon performance great swim great bike
1: Great run. Mm. The swim times are a bit slower this year, so I'm not quite sure where that is. But so that's an
0: overall thing, isn't it? Mm. Other than McLeese, he killed it. But mm. overall, they were slower as well.
1: So uh, Trenzo's splits were 49 minutes swim, 4.22 on the bike, which is awesome, and a 2.44 on the run uh, to finish in at 7.59.56. Now, I will say I was yelling at the computer because he was... Coming into the finish, and he was yeah. maybe in the last one to two Ks, he w- he wasn't stopping and doing high fives and really slowing down, but he was running along, and he was doing high fives, so it was affecting his pace. And I was looking at the clock, and I was thinking, I was lo- knew where he was on the course, and I thought, this is going to be really close as to whether he does sub eight, and just get a hurry up and make sure you do it. And then he came running down the finishing chute, and it said eight hours and five seconds when he crossed the finish it's line. what happened there, because Sean actually
0: texted me, Paul texted me and said, look, He's gone over eight hours and he, by four seconds. And I was thinking, and he said he was taking it easy at the front, And I was thinking, well, surely he'd give it Like, you've done eight hours, eight hours before, but surely he'd still give it a sprint.
1: Well, you would have thought so. But that, obviously, the clock differentiated slightly from, I don't think there was any anything yeah. Dodgy in this. I it's just think theory. that that clock just differed slightly from the the timing system, so it would have been the same for everybody else. You would assume so. Sensational race, very very impressive. Uh, Joe Skipper, he set a new bike course record. So. Those two broke away, so coming out of the swim there was quite a bit of separation and then they all kind of came together on the bike and that included Cam Brown and and so everybody was there but then Joe Skipper, Terenzo and Mike Phillips um, broke away on the bike and Joe Skipper and Terenzo then broke away from Mike Phillips and he sort of was in no man's land between the two groups uh, on the sort of two-thirds of the way through the bike. So uh, Trenzo and Joe came off the bike together. Uh, Joe still had a, a really solid race, around 2.49, so not as fast as he can run, but uh, he was in second place. But he had Cam Brown breathing down his neck, and Cam Brown's run is incredible. He ran 2.41.55. Not quite a course record, but uh, it was pretty close to it, but the age of 45, that is awesome. So it he really is, isn't it? He ran through from... You know, from the group uh, to be, you know, people, they were eight to nine, maybe ten minutes down off the bike, and uh, ran his way up to to third place. So very, very impressive. And
0: we've been talking a little bit about this recently, around the idea of running tends to be the thing you lose your speed in. Mm. So generally speaking, for a 45-year-old, you kind of go, well, they, you know, maybe hold on to swim, probably be able to hold on most of the bike, maybe not that peak kind of bike level, but running's the thing you'd expect to go first. So the fact that he's had his fastest run at this race, which is the race he owned for forever, mm. is pretty bloody phenomenal.
1: No, it was an awesome performance. And he said he's going to be back again next year. So uh, highly, highly impressive running. Is he
0: ever winning another Ironman? Oh, picks.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that right, that performance there, you know, it's it's equal, It's equal. very close to his previous course record. I think he may have even gone under his course record. So he's as fast. Yeah, he's, he's going like fast. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, he wasn't. It's not like he was. He was only eight minutes behind Terenza. It's I mean, eight minutes, eight minutes, but it's not that much. No, no. Uh, so yeah, definitely see him winning again. Yeah, Jan van Berkel was in fourth place. Mike Phillips, um, yeah, still around two fifty two to finish in fifth place. Nathan Shearer sixth. Uh, Simon Cochran seventh. Callum Millwood eighth. Sam Long, ninth and Guy Crawford, 10th. So uh, that was a story from the men's race.
0: Went to pretty fast age group. Men's thing, Ploos, took it out in 35 age group in
1: 8.35. That is smoking fast. So you'll you know, we've had him on the show before, so yep. he's a sports science guy, he's very used, onto he, it. He's
0: a coach now. I, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, five guys went under nine hours, and at this course... You usually don't get any. You might get one maybe going yeah. under nine if you're lucky. But it's a, it's a tough course. So you have five age group guys going under nine hours. So well done to them. On the girls' side of uh, the racing, great to see Laura Siddell take it out. She's you know been second in so many races. So great to see her getting a win. Um, just didn't quite sneak under that nine hour barrier. She did 55 minute swim, Four fifty-four on the bike and a three oh six on the run, and you didn't, you know, you didn't really get the feeling that she would probably take it because she was started the run with Jocelyn McCauley, who is, you know, typically a sub three-hour runner, uh, and she must have had some sort of issues out there. She only ran three seventeen to finish in third place. She
0: did. She did take the lead at some stage. When I was reading Mm. in the notes, so she did take the lead, and then Laura just got back in front. No, it was kind of mid-run, I think.
1: Yeah, so Laura ran a three oh six for for a nine hours and forty-four seconds. So. Think she'll be okay with that run, but I, I know that she's she wants to knock keep knocking on that door for for a three hour marathon. Um Sort of the surprise package today was Teresa Adam, who finished in second place. She's a former short course Kiwi girl, and uh, gee, she killed it in the swim. She swam 49.32, and if we look at the the guys, Terenzo was 49.20, wow. um, Mike Phillips was 49.02, and those guys are good swimmers. Cam Brown was 51.34, so she was a couple of minutes in front of those, you know, likes of Brownie. So. Great performance! I'm not sure. I think it's her Ironman debut. Uh, she hasn't, hasn't got anything recorded on Torsten, so She came home 9:05:35, so five minutes down on the lead, and then uh, Jocelyn McCauley held on for third place uh, in a 9:12. Then it was you know the half hour back to the to the next athletes. So I think Jocelyn McCauley will be disappointed. She was a defending champ, uh, and she had had some sensational performances. So um, yeah, that was the story of the the girls' race, but Overall, a very good edition of Iron Man New Zealand. I will say, um, I was following. I, I did download the app because I wanted to compare that. You know, and they were using the same app essentially as uh, Challenge Monica did. But personally, I don't think they did as good a job in terms of their updates. You okay. know, I really felt. So, did when you, you do the
0: Challenge Monica experience through the app?
1: Did you? Mm. Okay. And I mean, the, the timing stuff. They had a few stuff up there at. at um, Taupo, but that's more the timing company. Not you can't go putting the boot into Ironman for that. There was one split, I think they missed the halfway split, maybe for the guys on the bike. Um, but just, yeah, there wasn't enough for me, there wasn't enough of the the, 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 the little um, story bits, story, but the updates, you know, just in terms of how the race is unfolding. So they, uh, it's just bizarre. It's so easy to get right. You just mm. put maybe two people on the men's race and two people on the females, and they're just following the race and updating for the course it's like it's really not that hard so that was pretty annoying um and i don't know if this is a a warranted gripe or not it just this is our big premier race in new zealand and when you get when the lead guys get off the bike and they're running through 70.3 athletes it's just doesn't look right for me yeah. um, and, and it's the same thing that happens in Challenge Monica but there they need the numbers because they've only in the past you know you've got a hundred in the full you need they have the half there to be supporting the event but Ironman New Zealand they had this year they had a thousand and seventy-five finishes and then that doesn't include all the DNFs and did not starts and that to me and that's it's just the Ironman yeah if, and if you can't make an event work with a thousand people paying Whatever they pay, seven hundred dollars or whatever it is to enter these days, I just think you got it a bit wrong. It just doesn't, yeah. When you're running along I, at a, your main race of the year, I get, a f- I, I, feel that you want to be the first person on the run course. When people are out there spectating, it's very easy to miss the leaders. Do but you when not you're the f-
0: start at seventy point three,
1: I don't. But there was lots of runners on the course when when they were coming through, and there was still bikers coming off uh, the course as well. When when Torinzo and uh, Joe Skipper were coming off the bikes, so. I know that was was a little disappointing for me from a spectator's point of view. Uh, Ken Glar keeps on winning. He won his age group again, qualifying for his, I think his 35th Kona. Bloody impressive that he is.
0: I was just going back to 7.3. How many people were racing in it?
1: I don't know. Oh, try file, try you down. love asking me questions. I've, I've got no idea. You are you, meant
0: to be the authority on Ironman triathlon, John.
1: <laughs> One thing that I did notice, though, as I was sort of scrolling through the results, I was just kind of looking for, for different names, there was another Cameron Brown in the race. Oh, no, I think that's something I saw. <laughs> and if, I kind of thought, if he'd been like an Isles family member, he could almost be Cam Brown's son, because Cam Brown is, what, 45 now? Yeah. And this fella is in the... I'm sure he's in the 20, 25 to 29 age group. I can't see, see now. So he really could have. And so he could have been Cam Brown's son. Wow. Cam Brown Junior. Did 958. Number 196. Well done. Did he come home with a strong run like Brownie did? 339. Not bad. Road 514, and swam 58. Solid.
0: Sorry, I'm just trying to find the top, but I'm trying
1: to find the results here. Uh, so old Swaney was out there. Speedwalker Swaney, Richard Swan, was saying perfect conditions led to some fantastic times. He agrees the uh, Ironman app um, was not working to his uh, high standards or many others. Uh, the other thing I, I, I don't want to put the boot in too much, but I'm going to go on, John, because the tr- if you go, the, the app was was okay. It wasn't it wasn't great, but it was okay. But the Ironman website that athlete tracker you just want to throw your computer out the window it's like it's very simple again it's a very simple problem to fix instead of having the shitty athlete tracker you just have a link to the timing company that's doing the timing because the timing company's website's fantastic it's got all the splits up it's got everything you need but they just persist with that tracker it doesn't tell you anything god it does my head in it's just when there's an easy that's what frustrates me the most is when there's an easy solution it's like just put a link there to what's I've got to give the plug to the sports splits.com they were, they were doing the timing just put a link to their bloody timing system it's, just, it's, it's not rocket science team yeah.
0: uh, what, what, what uh, Swanee has got here which is quite a cool, is that while the sub 8 was out of this world arguably winning the 70, 70 point, 74 age group going under 12 and a half is better that is pretty just as impressive as winning the age group as Daniel Perus tw- uh, 835 that is pretty impressive 70, 74 under 12 and a half Oh was it? We better give them some love. Okay, and while we said so, so the race record has gone down by over twenty minutes in the last five years. Cam had taken it like eight twenty two, then Doherty lowered to eight eighteen, and then it was lowered to eight oh eight, which was seen as amazing. Now it's in seven fifty nine. You got it. It's coming. Okay. What else? When he got here, slow was this one was very slow. The first punch did forty nine. Uh, it was a bit poor, coming out of the slow one makes up the sub-8 even more impressive. Apparently, Dylan McNeese may have stuffed his other hip.
1: Oh, we'll That's find out about saying. that. Yep. There you go. Graham Lloyd took out the 70-74 to 74 in 12 hours and 30 okay, minutes. We, ha- we were second place? Uh it wasn't that, uh, it was 40 minutes of dojo domination, but Sunichi Sin- Naka from Japan, he went 13-19, and then it was another hour drop off to... Third place, so seventy seventy four. He swam one hour thirty, rode five forty nine. That's pretty solid, and then ran five hours. Wow. Not quite a trail. Would you go and down trail the seventy seventy four if he uh, if he ran slower than he biked?
0: Oh, probably. It's probably tricky. a little bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> probably knock you out though. let's not even go there, John. Um, okay, so it's pretty much. I'm in New Zealand. Great race. Great day.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you would just say, get rid of seventy point three.
1: I mean, it's obviously helps their income and stuff, but I just when well, you, you remember
0: a few years ago, Ironman sold out there. Mm-hmm. About eight, it was about seven or eight years ago now.
1: When you got a thousand and seventy-five people finishing, that's a solid-sized race. Don't yeah. you know, need to be great. So I'm, I'm assuming there was probably nearly twelve hundred, maybe. In okay, terms so of what I want
0: to know because that's for you as a spectator. Maybe just go on our Facebook page if you raced Ironman New Zealand over the weekend, particularly those doing the full. Did it. Frustrate you Or was it annoying That 70.3 people Were out there Or did not even bother you mm. Now I imagine Most people wouldn't have bothered Because by the time They're finished they see, Or like, at least getting on the run
1: Once you're on the run You probably don't even know realise Yeah and most of
0: 70.3 athletes They'll be finished depending by Depending on then. what time They started the race Yeah But should be finished by then mm. um, So probably doesn't Frustrate those
1: people so much But for the pros yeah, they're for the running. Pros. They were running for Yeah I get what few. you're saying
0: You want to have the glory For those people mm. You know who are at the point end of the race. John's ITU update. So we had a race over the weekend, and it poured Did we? What?
1: Holy schmoly. So the, this, this was the first round of the series this year. It was held in Abu Dhabi. And uh, I'd say it's the first time in quite a while that I've watched full race men's and women's. It was only sprint distance, but I watched all of it. Is, and is, is it was Schumann good. a freak in the swim? Uh, he's a very good swimmer. Very good swimmer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's not always the first out, but he's usually... Up there. First first three. So, the, the course design in Abu Dhabi is fantastic. Uh, so, they, they moved it from a few years ago, and it now takes in the Yes Marina, which is... Uh, and then goes on to the... Car racing course out there, and they had the same course last year, but or similar course last year, but they did it over Olympic distance. But what they do because racing, if you go around a car racing track, it's going to be boring as crap and it's not technical and it's just going to be a big lineup. But they made it technical, there was twists and turns, it was narrow, it was oh, really. looking good, and it would give you the opportunity. Is it, it good to watch? Yeah, if you got to a breakaway, you could think, I'm going to stay away because it'll be harder for the for the groups to form and stay together. But as it turned out. It rained and it just completely changed the complexion of the race. So there was crashes all over the show, like you wouldn't believe. Jonathan Brownlee went down. Um, a lot of the females went down. There was there was just loads and loads of crashes because you were going over cobblestones, you were going over patches which would hardly get any rain on them at all, and then it was just the grease and the sand, and mm. it was just absolute carnage. Was it
0: exciting? Was it just not, not well, that, actually
1: that good? That added the element and you didn't know what was going to happen. Anybody could crash. And so Flora. Uh, if, if, you have, if you haven't watched the coverage and you want to watch it and you don't want any spoilers, just fast forward this part um, because when Flora Duffy was leading, Solo crashed out of the race. Leading? Yeah. Solo? Yeah, and it, it was just on this corner where you'd go down into this tunnel and the interesting thing was the commentators missed it but if you were listening, you, you, you see it coming down you listen, and this happened several times, you could hear this big clatter in the background mm. and you go, someone's crashed and, and uh, they didn't pick up on it and the, go- the commentators are still just commentating away and they hadn't seen it and then it took them about three or four minutes before they actually realised that she was out of the race. Um, So she crashed and oh God, it was all over the place. So what it led to was lots of small packs. So on the men's side of the race, you've got to give Henry Schumann a huge amount of credit. He took it out, he was led out of the swim uh, in fairly convincing fashion. He really got out of the blocks fast and had a great swim. Got onto the bike and there was a a, a sort of a pack formed and he was in the lead pack and he just sort of accidentally rode off the front and he was off the front and he goes, oh, well, I'll just go for it and just kept on going and he built up about a 20 second lead over the chase pack and that chase pack kind of swelled in size and then coming off the bike, you're thinking, well, he's got 20 seconds to Mario Mola who's in that group and uh, um, Vincent uh, Louis and one or two others and you think, well, 20 seconds, he's a good runner but probably not quite enough but he had a fantastic run. So you've got to remember this guy is... The Olympic bronze medalist, and he did win the grand final the year before last as well. But he just uh, looked sensational on the run, and uh, and Mola took a little bit of time out of him, but not enough, so he took the win. Very, it's awesome when you see the guy who's there to swim, broken away on the bike, the and work. runs strongly, yeah. and uh, and the guy, a guy, Mola doesn't. Mulder doesn't shirk his responsibility in the group, he's he's often at the front working, but he certainly wouldn't have done as much work as uh, Henry Schumann's, so good on him. Especially he's had a, a, a rough year, and people who follow the news will understand why, so for him to be back on top is uh, is awesome, and it was a very Brownlee-type performance, you know, just dominating the dojo, so uh, good on him.
0: It's a funny respect, isn't it, because it's awesome, but also you can't read too much into it as an overall performance for the year, because the crash factor.
1: You no, know, you can't, but I think for him going into Commonwealth Games, mm. huge confidence boost. So, uh, you know, Commonwealth Games is sprint distance as well. Um, so I think he's good for good. Girl side of things, great. You get to see someone who just takes their opportunity and with both hands and just goes for it. So as I said, Flora Duffy crashed out. She had broken away, she was in the lead and probably would have ridden away and ran away with the race. What, um, what were the distances again? 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run. Okay. So as it turned out, she crashed out. Um, there was another girl in the front group. Oh, was it Sarah True? I think she crashed out as well. She probably would have been uh, one of the race favorite coming off the bike. There was just crashes all over the place. And uh, so as it turned out, it was a small group that managed to stay away and they had about a, I don't know, something like a 45 to... 60 second lead coming off the bike and, uh, and it basically just came down to a group of runners that you really wouldn't have picked any of them probably to be on the podium. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Rachel Klamer basically stood up. She's a, she's a good athlete but she's normally a 5th through 10th athlete, yep. uh, occasionally getting sort of touching on the podium, uh, never won a WTS race before and she just took her opportunity. So she got pretty much over the moon. Yeah, she 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 cranked it, and you just, the, the big difference here, both in Schumann and in her, you know, their run times were quicker than what they normally run. So this it's the so difference up. M- when you when you're at the front of the race, when you're winning, uh, shows sure, you they a know, bit of step up, do, eh? you mm-hmm. know, like
0: when you're at the front. The Roger Bannister obviously died yesterday, and they had the piece on the news about him, and he was they had a bit where he was talking through the race, and he's saying once I went to the lead, and I, and I was kind of just that that moment where you know you've got a little bit further to go. You're dying, but just something's pulling you through. Mm. Um, It's a pretty special moment in sport, isn't it? Or just even as an individual experience, you know, that moment where you do go somewhere else, you know, mm. it's pretty
1: special. So she, it just goes to show, the swim can make all the difference. Just a few seconds. So Rachel Klammer swam nine, eight, nine minutes and 18 seconds. Andrea Hewitt uh, more or less ran the same time. She only finished seventh. She was only seven seconds down in the swim, and that was the difference between making that front group and making the second group. Wow. So good on her. I think we're going to see some totally different results coming up over the next races, but um, well done to them. And when it's the next race. Next race is Bermuda. See, that's why I ask you questions, John. Because yeah. generally you know. Yeah, I don't know when it is, but it's uh, next race is Bermuda. Okay. Um, rule changes. Yes. Yeah, so they were commentating on this as we went as they went through the race, and I know this because I watched both the full race of both of them. Uh, the Brownlee rule is now in, so you cannot help people across the finish line like. Uh, Jonathan Brownlee yeah, did. Right, Alice Brownlee, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah no. Uh, so that's one rule that's coming. It was a great
0: story, but you would have felt because was Schumann who got third, in, it was Schumann who lost it, wasn't it?
1: No, Schumann won the race, and but if it was Richard Murray, wasn't it, or Moler No, moler, I think ended up. It was series the points the, series. Of the year, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. It ended up being very close. I can't even remember how. Where it went? And that's the problem we've got. We don't have a bloody world ch- one day world championship. I'd remember if it was a world championship, but. It was just a grand finale. So anyway, the the other rule is that disc brakes are allowed. I knew this was coming, but I didn't know that it would actually be made official. Because
0: they're pretty dangerous, aren't they?
1: I haven't really ridden on a road bike with disc brakes, but I don't really see the need for them. And in group situations...
0: Do do the pros in Tour de France use them?
1: Well, they've kind of just... I'm not exactly sure what the ruling is there, but it's certainly caused some controversy. So if you don't really understand what it means, you've got a lot more you can brake a lot more quickly but if you kind of just feather your brakes slightly you're going to slow down so much more than what you do with standard brakes and when you're riding in a group that can cause absolute carnage so you kind of think for the pros
0: you've got a blade if if you come off your bike
1: yeah i'm not and you hit someone else's bike mm,
0: that's pretty dangerous as well
1: i think the the bigger danger is the um not managing it well is basically the changes in speed and you think the pros will probably adapt okay, but it's more the amateur athletes where I think they will, can potentially really cock it up. Have you ridden on them much? Uh, on a mountain bike. not. I've never ridden on them on a the road bike. Mm.
0: Uh, Alistair Brownlee apparently is going to mainly focus on the Commonwealth Games from here on in, which is when? It's in April. April that's right. Uh, also doing a Malula Bar Triathlon this weekend. Uh, and we'll go for the Triple Crown, having won Dubai. He needs a 7.3 and Worlds, and he needs Bahrain as well. So we can guarantee he's doing the Worlds. But probably not so much Ironman this year.
1: Well, that's uh, this is word on the street. I've had some, some inside gossip there. So I kind of thought that he was going to the Commonwealth Games more for the mixed relay, but no. Apparently he's going there to try to right. defend his title. So nobody's defended their Commonwealth Games title. Uh, so I think he stands a reasonable chance there. Although it's a pretty solid field, and his name is Down for Malulabar, which is this weekend, which is a sprint distance World Cup race. So he would absolutely crush that, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I would have hoped he'd do an Ironman, so we might see him in Conan this year, but it sounds like he's focusing on 70.3s and maybe an Ironman at the end of the year, and then the following year. The following year, what happened? Because he'd be focusing on that because We might try to do the double, because that's the thing. If you go and get your point if he's the 70.3 world oh, champion
0: but do you think if he's going to focus on a 2020 when, when's Tokyo when's that going to be what time of year Is you would like, assume
1: okay. you'd assume it's going to be September it's always around sort of that that time but uh but that would be just the most amazing thing wouldn't it if you won an Olympic medal or gold medal even and then you went and won Kona in one year nobody would ever oh you think, mean in the 2020 do yeah because if he wins 70.3 worlds this year trots around an man uh, later in the year because he'll have his automatic slot from a 70.3. He's just got to validate somewhere. Now, when you
0: win a 70.3, do you get five years'
1: worth? No, you just get the following year, and you've just got to validate, though. So he could do 70.3, Worlds win that. Now, but you have to do- win it
0: next year. Uh, if you went to the Olympics, because Olympics is
1: 2020. True. Yeah. Anyway. You just ruined my story. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry to, to, to
0: deflate you there, but... Um, but i if he take if he's, he's gonna take the Olympics games serious in twenty twenty, he's probably not gonna do an Ironman next year, is he? Uh,
1: I don't think he knows what he's doing. Mm. <laughs> but I would be so cool if he won the Olympics and then won Kona.
0: Do you think he'll win the Olympics? Um,
2: by twenty
1: twenty? Probably not, but Yeah, who knows. If he's in peak fitness, yes. Right, he's a freak, so. But uh and it would depend a little bit on the course. But I wouldn't certainly wouldn't put it past him, but his problem these days just seems to be injuries. Yeah. He's injury free. But if can he can win anything if he
0: went to Ironman. If that would be less of a problem because you're not doing that top top end mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. You know when you're pushing the limit, these guys in the ITU are doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's a problem, well, mm-hmm. or you know, the risk factor goes up. Whereas an Ironman. It is more strength-based kind of training, mm-hmm. and he's already he's got the speed work behind him, so it's not like he needs to be doing that much speed work. Mm. So yeah, come to Ironman, Alistair. We've got we've got Gomez now.
1: Eventually, your your persuasive oh, nature managed right. to get Gomez across. Yeah, that's right,
0: just listen to us. Just just uh, Peter Colson sent through an email this morning, just talking about what's happening with Sky, Team Sky, and and cycling, and just about the kind of the ethical boundary they cross. And so if if you don't know, basically what there's been a report come out, and they basically said. Well, they technically weren't cheating because they stayed within the rules of the drug agency. But it looks pretty suspect because it's kind of like Armstrong knew to stay under a certain level. These guys, it looks like what they did is they kind of stayed within the boundaries. Mm. But in a way, that was definitely an advantage. And i uh, just wondering, do you think it's happening in triathlon?
1: I, I would assume so. You know, if you you play within the rules, it's like drafting. The draft distance is 10 metres. You ride at 10 metres. You don't ride at 12 or 13 metres. If you're allowed to take X, Y, Z, yeah, of course you're going to take it.
0: So what do you think should happen with the therapeutic use extensions? You know, do you think this should be something that's, like, if you're sick, you're sick, there's bad luck, isn't it?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, if you go and get a bloody big boil on your nuts or your ass halfway through the Tour de France, do you have to suffer through that, or are you allowed to use a bit of cream for it? Yeah, it's a hard one isn't There's it. There's no easy answer. Because
0: that's, that's the argument here is that well everyone suddenly if, what was, I was, Like, pretty much everyone had asthma or all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> I'd have asthma riding up the top of a mountain as hard as they go. Yeah. Of course I'd use an asthma inhaler. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't puff five million puffs of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a hard one. Because now they're saying, Well, maybe we need to get rid of this.
1: Yeah, but then, as I said, if you you know, if you get a bit if you get sick or if you get uh, as I said, a big but boil is that just on
0: bad your ass. Well you know, if you get sick I, as I an don't athlete, think so. is it because you're not kind of conditioned enough?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can argue this all day, but it's well, there's, there's, it. no easy, day. there's no easy answer.
0: <laughs> it is a tough one, but 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 see, obviously, Team Sky allegedly have crossed the ethical line.
1: Well, that's someone's opinion. Well, no, no, it was a, it was a government report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: it's not just opinion. But if they s- of-
1: if they stayed within the rules. It's yeah. fine, with me. Okay. Oh, there you go. Right, it's time for a bit of a rant, Bevan. It's been a while. It's been a while. Okay, here we go. Here
0: we go. Wait a second. I'm just going to hold back th- a
1: second. I think I can just about rant on everybody. No, not everybody, but a big portion of people here here we go because i got a bit frustrated Sharpen up. i got frustrated last week i saw two really poor examples of race organizing and race directing so are you, gonna, are you gonna name the races no but some, some one of them might become reasonably obvious <laughs> <laughs> um <gasps> one was a professional outfit one certainly was not it was just a, a local sort of um <laughs> so professional might rhyme with roman <laughs> <laughs> um but f- So firstly my rant was at the race organisers, I was saying, God, that's just a stupid thing to do. So the one example was you're trying to run a non-drafting sprint distance race and it's a, it's a selection race for, <laughs> this, this is narrowing it down <laughs> a bit, it's a selection race. For which and, country, maybe? And you're literally thinking we're going to put 1,000 people on a course, it's a 10 kilometre bike course. Two laps or sprint distance triathlon. A thousand and, people on a 10 yeah, course. And you're saying you can't draft. Now, of course, it's a bit staggered start and stuff, but it's like, you guys are morons. How can you run a non drafting race? Now, the reason probably why it wasn't draft legal is they may not have been able to get the authority to do it or close the roads, whatever. Yeah. But how can you put athletes in that position and say you can't draft? It's like it's like mental. It's like the start of Kona saying don't draft. It's like it's impossible. People yeah. have done the maths. You can't do it. So I'm really pissed off about that. And then there was another example.
0: Were, were, were there any drafting penalties? Do you know?
1: I don't know about that. There was a lot of drafting, but a, I don't. Do know they if-
0: kind of turn a blind eye because they know it's a stupid situation?
1: Well, you kind of. I would. I would yeah, assume yeah. they'd have to because otherwise 10 you'd bust. people. Yeah, it's just stupidity. Uh, so that annoyed it's me. It's the the paceline for 10 <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's dangerous as well. Yep. Um, and then the other one was another case where a swim got cancelled and that was a, mo- a small event. But it's like, that's some rookie things to do wrong, even if you're a rookie <laughs> race director. What do you uh, mean? Why, why was it cancelled? it sounded like they just weren't organised. Oh, and so okay. the, the swim didn't happen. Was like, oh, okay. God, sharpen yes. sharp up. sharpen up. Yep. But then that really got me thinking, lots of people bitch and moan about things in the sport. And then so I started getting frustrated with, with athletes <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I kind of got both sides of the story. Is, I think everybody needs to listen to this. Here we go. Is... I organise a lot of races and sometimes, you know, most of the time, you have to get marshals out there that are volunteer groups. Like I've got one group that they're really enthusiastic. They're a church group. They come along and I pay them to do it. Yeah. They don't know anything about triathlon. They do the best they can. We give them you know, the instructions, as much instructions as we can, but they don't have a clue really perceptually how fast people are going on the bike or angles of going around corners and stuff. They're basically just doing the best they can, but it's just frustrating that So few people volunteer to help at races. And if we have more triathletes marshalling on courses, everybody's going to get a better experience. So my challenge to everybody listening is literally put your hand up once this year to help in an event, whether it's an Ironman event, a challenge event, a local event. But if everybody just puts their hand up just once we're going to have events that are so much better marshalled and people are going to have a clue what's going on. So when they hand your cups of water out to you on the race, they're actually going to know how to hold the cups. I mean, again, we try to give our marshals ins- instructions on how to do that. But if you have athletes looking after athletes, it's going to be a great experience. And, uh, and it's, sometimes it's really cool being out there marshalling and seeing, seeing the other side of the story. So well,
0: it's funny you say like that, actually, because when we we're, were in Challenge down in Monaco a few weeks ago, I was talking to Ken. What's Ken's mm-hmm. last name? Ken O'Rourke. Ken O'Rourke, good, lovely man, good, good, good man, and uh, and him and his wife volunteer all the time. Mm. I think they're part of the. Oh yeah, on. yeah,
1: they help out at all my races. They're great. Yeah, and
0: and I don't think they get much payback for it. I don't think it's paid No, back. they just love. And but what they've done over the years is they've established these really cool friendships mm. with a lot of people who are actually all volunteers, and so they've got this kind of nice tight knit community of people who, who give back to sport in, in a really selfless way, mm. um, and so. Okay, so I've, there's a new rule, John. Yep. The John, because we've got the John, Wilson, John Newsom Painted, f- is it five-year plan? Yeah, I think it was three years, Three years. Year. Yep, yep, painted it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's new. The John Newsom U- be a good triathlete rule. Once a year. Once
1: a year. Once a year. Give up a daily life. That's all it takes. You know? I've got to give my high fives. So I've got a, a core group of Christchurch people Name's that help them. out. Consistently, I'm yeah, not going to start them, naming yeah. them because I'll I'll get I'll miss people off. But they're awesome. Yeah, and you know
0: who you are. Mm. You know who. You are. So okay, so
1: first of all, race directors sharpen up, especially professional athletes. Don't put people in athlete and athletes in situations where they have to break the rules. How that happen? <sighs> Just can't. I've got to calm down. We've got to carry on with the rest of the show. <laughs> okay. it's <laughs> a selection race as well. So. Triathlon country that I'm talking about. God. The, the how re- did you let this happen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and then lastly, the new John Newsom be a good triathlete rule. Once a year to help out at a race. There you go. That's all you gotta do. Okay, this week's discussion. We're gonna calm down a little bit. This week's discussion, it's a good one actually. Who is the best or the, the best athlete not to win Kona? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's have a look we had lots
1: one. of uh, responses here, and lots yeah. of consistent responses with our, some real crowd favourites who have uh, been knocked on the door in Kona a number of times. And certainly one of those that came up consistently was uh, was Cameron Brown. I'd say his his name probably came up the most out of everybody. So, Brown,
0: but I don't see I don't put Cam, Cam in the category.
1: No, nor do I, because no. I don't think he could have ever won it. No, so he he was second in two thousand uh, and five, and. There was another, he got a podium. Yeah, he got a th- third. He got he a got third, third in 2003. And marker. I think he might have got another third as well. Um, and, and he, he got another Germany. second. He got a second as well.
0: Maybe he could have won it, but it would have been a big day for him to win it. So, you know, Whereas we looked at Ray Lert.
1: Just So on the Cam Brown thing, he was never really in contention to win it. No. So he came, he came through on and, and on the run. So the year, in 2001, he was 15 minutes behind Tim, Tim O'Brien. Him de Boom. Now he beat lots of legends there, but he wasn't necessarily in, in contention to win it. The year he got third, he was uh, he was only six minutes off the pace uh, in, still running in, in, in. 20, 2012, and then the, the other third, he was eight minutes off the pace. So look, we're not taking anything away from Brownie because I love Brownie. He is awesome. Oh, X. But for me, he was never quite in contention to win. Kind his best
0: race was the Germany race, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, Know, he
1: he won, I mean, Germany. You're right there. That was a great race. But those kind of results are still bloody impressive. Um, so, yeah, Graham McCauley uh, nominated Brownie. And then uh, Arnold Sulikov, he said Jurgen Zack had the bike record, won Zoffing, Zoffingen, and he, he won, wrote five times with loads of sub eight performances, won Austria, uh, finished second, and God knows how many times in the top ten. Now, Jurgen Zack is different to say a Brownie. He was in a position where he could have won the race yeah. um but you're dealing again you're dealing with like a legend like mark Allen, bloody running you down every single time so so many sports you take that one person yeah, out totally. yeah and he would have been sweet yeah. he would have won several titles you know it's the tiger woods lance armstrong type thing as well um okay so then we've got uh Les He's got andy ray Lut and rachel joyce it
0: is five non-winning podiums in kona for railer along with a few iron wins and a um, precious world record. Uh, the Joyceinator has finished in every position from 7th to 2nd in Kona, won the ITU Worlds and countless other races, not checking any of the above, though.
1: Again, Ray Lert again, he was in a winning position on several occasions. That's my one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Joycey, she's probably been in a winning position maybe once that yeah, one year. Yeah, sure um, which really disappointed we interviewed her. So I'd say she's pretty unlucky. Yep. But again, she was dealing with bloody legends at the time. There was always that one person. Yeah, um, Michael Taylor said Simon Lessing, five-time world champion, I think, ITU Olympic plus um, one long course. And did he, did he ever do anything in Kona? No, no. He, he he won Nice a number of times, which is not obviously not and he Kona. And
0: he won his first
1: Ironman, didn't he? He did. Uh, I think Don't it was Lake late Placid. Yeah. But he left his run too late. Uh, and so, yeah, I wouldn't put him in the category. If he'd... If he'd really won a Kona, he should have gone across earlier. Yep. Uh, uh,
0: okay, so then I've got um, Joanne Baxter, Scott Belinda Granger.
1: She's awesomely consistent, awesome athlete, won lots of races, but she was never in contention in Kona. Like in terms of she was in contention for a podium. Yeah. But I wouldn't say she, she, she was in contention. She wasn't quite next level, was she? No. Yeah. Um, Guy Jones, if it weren't for injury, Julie Dibbons would have given a damn good shake. Um, it'll also be interesting to see if Flora Duffy goes to Ironman in the future. Julie Dibbons, Yeah. She was an awesome swim biker, but not the greatest runner. Steve Sutherland's got, going back a few years, Mike Pig almost won
0: won it all. At its peak, he was unbeatable at Olympic distance. In 1998, he won 15 of 20 races. He was one of those ones who were, you know, if we look at the top four, they had long careers. Pig' career was... A pick's career was long career. But not not dominant like that. Not not, you know, not there was a dominant, dominant moment in his career, wasn't there? At Fifteen, 15 no. out of twenty races. That's pretty
1: amazing. He went head to head with all the big
0: names at that time,
1: great competitor. Did he do mean World? Yeah, yeah, he did. He got. I think he got second the year that Molina um, won in '88. I'm just looking that up. Yeah, he did. He finished second to Molina, uh, only two minutes eleven behind Molina in 1988. So he had some okay races in Kona. Um, the previous year, '87, he was in fourth. So, but he was again. I mean, you'd certainly say in '88 he was in the in a position to potentially win with Molina. Um, they they were pretty bloody close, but. He was more of a short course specialist. Brett Johnson, Marino van Holnacker, went 7.45 in Austria. Um, At the time was the Ironman world record. And and he did have chances to win it? Yeah, he put himself in a position. There was that one year where he went into the energy energy lab and (laughs) came out in the ambulance. ambulance, And I thought he was definitely (laughs) going to win that year.
0: Because we were going into the energy lab. Mm. Strongly did a big lead, wasn't it? Mm.
1: So for me... um, I think Bevan and I are in agreement there that Ray Lert is probably the best athlete that has put themselves in a position in Kona to win, but hasn't. And I've I think a very close second for me is Marino van Holnacker. and then uh, I've got third equal Pauli Kuru, who had a number of podiums, but he was again dealing with Mark Allen at the time, which was um, just no mean feat. And Jurgen Zack, which was a, he was a sort of similar um, similar period in time as well. So those were my males that have missed out. The girls. I don't feel they're quite as unlucky as, say, Raylert and Van Holnacker, but um, Joycey and, and Caroline Steffen. Caroline Steffen a couple of times. She was certainly put herself pretty much in contention. Um, and then a couple of other names that w- a few people have brought up. Um, uh, Fernanda Keller, she was very yeah, consistent in kind of, but she never in the contention for, um, for the win. Lisa Bentley was also very similar. Lots of uh, top tens. I think she got third maybe once. Um, Belinda Granger was sort of it's mentioned. She well, was one at
0: once, didn't she? Who, sorry? Karen Smyers won it once. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. Um, Yvonne vlain Vlerken, she's had a podium once or twice. I think she got second one year, um, but probably was never in the hunt for the actual win. Mm. So, yeah, that was about it. That, when you actually really go through it, there's not many that have been really dominant elsewhere in the world, like just crushing it. You
0: did say in that case, Cameron Brown should be one of the names. Yes. When you think about it, you probably say third. Mm. You know, really? Because mm. you're going to go, it's really by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Ray Lick should have won Kona mm. and had opportunities and just a couple of things didn't go his way. And he was, at that moment, there was a moment where Ray Lick was the best athlete in the world, mm. in the sport. You know, mm. there really was. There's a couple of years when Maka you know, around that time, outside of Kona, he was just killing it. Mm. And even in Kona, he was killing it and just didn't quite. And then there was that race where he had that really bad swim and ran up.
1: Remember? Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: I think got second or third. Yeah. You know, so he was by far the country mile. Then you're going to say it's probably Marino. Because again, he he just never quite figured out how to kind of do that last 10K because mm. there was a couple of times it happened twice, didn't it? where he blew up. Yeah, yeah at least you know and uh, and then Cam Brown, you'd actually you know like maybe the, he'll be third because he never was in a position to win it.
1: But actually, that's not the style he races. I guess I guess the, you know the ones that I put in there, Poli Kuru and Jürgen Zag, they They've always position. been at the front because yeah. they're strong bikers. Whereas Cam Brown probably never got at the front because that's his, not it's not how he races a race. So yeah. we'll give him a third, third equal. Yeah,
0: I think I think uh, I, actually was, I think we're probably a little bit unfair on Cam in that because really he he got on the podium lots, mm. and if you know if someone had cracked a little bit more, he probably could have won the thing. So. Um, yeah, interesting discussion. Girl side of things, yeah. It's not as obvious, but the thing in the girl side of things is they've always, pretty much since the early days, there's always been one dominant character.
1: Yeah. But then then, then there's been quite a few sort of, several one-off winners that have sort of uh, allowed people, like you said, Karen Smyers, to sort of tick that box. You know, if she hadn't won it, I'd say, you know, she was a sensational athlete. But yeah, I didn't... Uh, probably it's my sexist pig nature coming out, but I didn't Heaven feel... Sure. Yeah, the fewer won won at once. You know, the great athletes won it. Paul and Fraser, Erin Baker, Chrissy Miranda, um, McKaylee Jones got got one title. If she hadn't, then I would have certainly put her in that category. Natasha Badman, um, so Laurie Bowden, yeah, Aaron Baker, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, good times. Okay, so interesting discussion. Um, okay, this week's discussion, John. I've I've made one up for you because you, in the no show notes head.
1: Not Fresh sure. Mate. Question mark, question mark, question question mark, mark,
0: question mark. So what I've put here, let me put my notes here. You talk about something for two seconds, why am
1: I? Let's hope it's triathlon specific, because Bevan goes off on a tangent from time to time. It is. How do you create world peace? There you go.
0: Uh, No, the question is, if you were to go back in time and meet the the beginner version of you as a triathlete, what would be the one lesson you would share with yourself? Good one. You like that one? Yep. I so do I. That's why I made it up mm. So again If you were, if you could somehow Star Trek They didn't go back in time But did they Quantum Leap Yeah Do you watch Quantum Leap Occasionally yeah Oh, oh boy <laughs> I used to love Quantum Leap um, Go back and cut time Meet yourself as a young triathlete And say This is the most important thing You need to know As a triathlete Based on the experience you have now What would it be And it's only one Only one Can't say five
1: Just one Okay That's this week's discussion Do you want a sponsor Sponsor We're doing it Extreme Endurance, we've got a nice little special going on. So the Omega Plus D3 is two products in one, providing high levels of EPAs and DHAs in superior triglyceride form, along with 4,000 international units of vitamin D3. It's $29.50 for a 30-day supply. It's hard to beat that price for two quality ingredient products. Now they've got a special promo code you can get 25% off through to April the 1st. So if you use the code... Um, Omega D3, so that's Omega D3. you Get 25% off through to April the first. Now, they also the other thing that's got that they've changed at Extreme Endurance now for international orders is they've now changed their um, e- the. Their Courier sort of system, okay. and the global rates now for shipping on international orders is should be significantly cheaper. Oh, that's so good. I know in the past you'd go on there and you'd buy, you'd, you'd get your extreme endurance, and the shipping would be Kinda the same, fun. if not more, than yeah. what you're actually paying for the product. So if you've done that before, now's the opportunity to actually go on there and get the product. If you want to try out the Omega Plus D3, then use the code. Omega D3, and if you want to use uh, uh, by any of the other products, use I am Talk 20, and that will get you 20% discount off. So for you Northern Hemisphere athletes, you know, get your stock now for the season. If you're doing a, you know, a spring marathon, um, load up, you know, for a couple of weeks beforehand. If you've never used it before guarantee it'll make a significant difference so old Heath Eckersley there finishing fourth up in yeah. up in Taupo and he uh he's uh, an avid user of it he was around you know, the week or two before the race making sure he had all his products ready to go so I'm gonna be jumping on it soon when I start my training for New York there you go yeah you got your entry and the Philanator's got his yeah, I got entry I in got too yeah. yeah what about Joe No,
0: what happened was it was a little bit stressful John yeah because what happened was we get an email Joe gets an email saying she's in Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, I must be in because she qualified yeah. on the time. For so how long? She had to do 136. Mm-hmm. She was 136. I had to do 124. I did 119. Mm-hmm. So I go, I go sign in. I haven't been logged in. And it said she's gone into the drawer. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gone into the lottery. I'm like, oh, no way. <laughs> and then so I flicked them an email because yeah, the thing is, it's 500 bucks to so it ain't cheap. Yeah. And then we both got to do it. So if yeah. one of us wasn't going to do it, we weren't going to do it. But then luckily they gave me an email the next day so you're in. So, Good. Whew, thank God for that. Phil, we have to sort some training out, mate.
1: <laughs> you're not wrong there. I haven't been running much. Yes. You haven't been running much. We'll be great. There you go. So if you want to get yourself some Omega D3, uh, we've got a special promo code for you there. And if you want to get all those other products, choose IM Talk 20 Check out the new uh, international global rates for shipping. And if you've never tried it and you've got a running race coming up, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, give it a crack and we know you'll be impressed. So check it out, xendurance.com or .co.uk or .eu, and uh, you're on to it.
0: Okay, John, we're going to do John's History Lesson. I want to put some music on. Here we go.
1: John's History Lesson okay,
0: John, let's talk about the Commonwealth Games. It's coming up in April. It's coming up real soon. And it's quite interesting when we think about the Commonwealth Games because I know triathlon's a very worldly sport. But, yeah, it's it's a very Commonwealth sport as well, isn't it? So mm-hmm. the Commonwealth Games traditionally had a pretty strong field, hasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I brought this up is just because Alistair Brownlee got mentioned earlier on that he was definitely targeting it, and I think that's cool. Now, historically...
0: What is the Commonwealth Games? Maybe some people don't know what it is.
1: So it's Commonwealth Countries. So basically when... Great Britain, when ruled the world That's and took right. over and when it colonized, colonized everybody and beat killed up all people. the bloody. Yeah, so basically, the countries that they've ever had anything to do with basically are eligible to attend the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> That's a pretty good explanation. If we you killed think? you, you can come to our game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, there you go. Uh, and so, Triathlon did not get. Um, included as a full sport until 2002 however it was in the Commonwealth Games in 1990 now up till this year so
0: you say it was was it like a
1: demonstration sport in 1990
0: okay and was it a strong field then
1: I uh, don't have the results of that one, but I know that Rick Wells won the girls, and no one won the guys, and Aaron Baker won the girls. So it was good because it was in New Zealand, and we had two Kiwi winners. So I'm sure it would have been a strong field. You would have had all the Aussies and stuff there. There was not that many races around in the '90s, major races. So this would have been, uh, I'm sure, it would have been an important uh, uh, deal. And those guys were both world champion athletes. So yep. good on them. Uh, so after 1990, it didn't happen again until 2012, and it was uh, included in the Manchester Commonwealth Games. Uh, 202 yep. now um up till this year been olympic distance every year in 2012 again very strong field first was 202 hell <laughs> it was a long time ago i was there should know simon whitfield took it out uh, and then miles stewart was second hamish carter third simon lessing was fourth and chris mccormick was fifth that's a pretty good field it's a it? pretty that's solid th- field. those
0: are the names they're like really those are the stars of that time, aren't they? And you really
1: got to think, Lessing—they just beat up Lessing, and uh, really, what and it, Well, it just—it came down to the run, and you just think he's going to run away with it. And I was standing there, and he just—he just didn't. And so, was uh, he old by then? Well, he's the same age as Hamish. Uh, he's exactly the same age as Hamish Miles and most of the others. So they were all born in seventy-one. So um, why did
0: Lessing finish um, short course so early?
1: Uh, I can't remember what year Cause he they, finished. Because he two or four, wasn't he? Did long
0: course. Hamish won the gold medal in 204.
1: Yeah, he did not race the 204 Olympics, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, so I wonder why he pulled away early. Mm.
1: I think he was if, still if, racing short course then. But it's not as dominant. But he wasn't doing the ITU. He never really did the ITU circuit. Oh, didn't he? No. He'd do ITU Worlds, but then when it became more of a circuit, he had to qualify for things. He never kind of played that game. It's uh, interesting, isn't it? Because mm.
0: I, I thought he would have been older. Then when you mentioned that he was the same age as Carter, who went on to win two o four,
1: mm, he certainly started before Carter. Yeah, so maybe
0: he was just a bit over it by then.
1: The uh, girls in two o two, Carol Montgomery took it out um, with a fantastic run, and I think she ran the ten thousand metres at that games as well. Oh wow! So she was nineteen sixty five. Uh, beat off Leander Cave, Nicole hackett Heather Evans from New Zealand, and Sharon Donnelly. McKaylee Jones was only down in sixth place there. Of note, Jodie Swallow finished eighth, and that was back in 2002. She just had her baby uh, fairly recently. Moving on to 2006, it was in Melbourne. This is the one where Robbie went crazy, eh? It was, yeah. So Brad Carterfelt took it out from Bevan Doherty and uh, Peter Robinson. And it was quite dominant.
0: He, he won quite easily, Carterfelt, didn't he? And he uh, did.
1: Ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it ran away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Peter Robinson was being like that an annoying gold. little fly. You just want to smack him over the head because he was doing these little surges away just, from it Bevan. It was like a
0: yo-yo, wasn't it? he just sprint ahead. Yeah. And then, and then uh, they catch him Bevan and Carter failed
1: to bring him back. Tim Don back then, he was fourth place. Chris Gimel with fifth. The Hamish Carter was very much in the twilight of his career um, back in sixth place. Will Clark, who's been doing some Ironman, was in seventh place. Uh, Brent McMahon who we now know from Ironman these days, he was uh, in 12th place and then on the girls side of things back then it was uh, Emma Snowstill show, she really uh, crushed it but Andrea Hewitt uh, finished third place and she, she was very green at that stage of her career, she just went for it in the run, she tried going shoulder to shoulder with Emma Snowstill, and She's still got the bronze medal, which is great, yeah. but you're going, Jesus, you, you think you're going a little bit too hard there? Show me the respect here, young lady. Mm. But well, Kiwi's got second, third, fourth, which is pretty cool. Uh, people Who was that, third? Um, Andrew was third, Sam Warren was second. Oh, okay. People that are still racing these days, Annabelle Luxford was there in fifth place. She won um, Challenge Monica. Liz Blatchford, we know how good she is, and Flora Duffy, so she was in eighth place, so she's been you know, racing at a high level since 2006, and we're now 2018. So, so, was there
0: no one at 2010?
1: T- 2010 was when it was in like India. India, and yeah, they did, right. did not hold it uh, in India. That's right. For, <laughs> for offi- so, y- there The are, games was a bit
0: of a disaster, too, wasn't
1: it? Well, you pretty, spread, it's spreading a love, but yeah, yeah there was, it, was, it was a bit of a mess. Anything in India is going to be challenging. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, then in 2014, we had the Glasgow Games, and it was a brownie domination in the boys, but Richard Murray was third.
1: Cru- the brownie boys crushed it. Just wondering if there's any other names there that are that are showing up these Far days. Yeah, Henry Schumann was Brandy, down at
0: sixteenth, so he beat his brother by eleven seconds, but he's basically a minute thirty in front of Richard Murray.
1: I think they, from memory, they did a two-man time trial. I Misty. can't remember. It was either two. It was only a couple of them up front. I'm pretty sure they came out of the swim and then just TTed the bike together. And uh, so their run times are similar to Murray and, and a few others. But um, yeah, they just crushed it on the on the bike. Uh, and the girls' side of things.
0: We had Jodie Stimson
1: took it out from Kirsten Sweetland and Vicky Holland. Unfortunately, Andrea Hewitt was only fourth place that year. And then we also had the mixed relay. And it was really added. cool. It was
0: the first time I would actually watched the mixed relay and it was really appealing because it, you kind of thought England were going to dominate it, mm. um, but they, they, you know, it was really awesome. And us Kiwis
1: were watching and we were in a really good position for medal and then... Uh, didn't quite go to plan. Yeah, the
0: last run it blew up, didn't it? So
1: England won it, South Africa second, and uh, Australia third. Yeah. So they're going to have those. Uh, they're going to have both the mixed relay and the individual sprint triathlon at the Com Games, and I'll be watching them.
0: The Commonwealth Games.
1: Oh no, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go there.
0: Okay, John, we've got an interview coming up. Holly Brescia is a sports physio. She's going to be talking about um, dealing with pregnancy for the athlete and how to look after your body during. Um, but but before. During and after. Here is Holly.
1: Okay, guys. Um, Now, some people are gonna. Some males might struggle a little bit with today's topic, and we are going to be talking about parts of the human body that some people might not always use those words. But we're gonna we're gonna roll with this. I think this is a really important topic because for coaches out there, a lot of you aren't going to be very well educated in this year. Partners aren't going to be very well educated, and what we're going to be talking about is. Females sort of uh, who are pregnant and how they can come back to um, athletic activity, what they can do to enhance that experience to make sure that their body responds as best they can and we've got uh, an expert in the area from Australia. so Holly Brasher um, she's a sports physio at uh, uh, square God, I should know the square one square physio, one square physio one. over in Australia. So Holly, welcome along to the show.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So an interesting topic and probably something you're not used to talking about. So hopefully I'll guide you through um, a process that makes sense.
1: And and Holly is also, her um, husband is a a very active triathlete, let's say. He's a fairly focused fella. um, And so she kind of gets the balance and knows what athletes are all about as well. So Holly, maybe just give us a bit of a background in terms of your qualifications and experience and, and not just this area, but sort of dealing with athletes.
2: Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I'm I'm a titled sports physio, which means I've done a postgraduate masters in sports physio, uh, and I actually happen to be the national chairperson of the sports physio group in Australia. So, um, strongly into sports, but as well have done training in women's health physio. Uh, so just to understand a little bit more about. What the woman's body goes through, um, just I guess in pregnancy, uh, after they've given birth, and through that lifespan. So um, I also work in a private practice. Uh, I spend a day a week at one of the AFL clubs in Sydney. Uh, So I guess I'm immersed in both of those areas, um, which hopefully will give me um, some the right kind of sort of experience to uh, give you guys a little bit more advice.
1: So I think a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today is going to be more around recovery, but in terms of for females that are, that are pregnant and they're sort of going through that, that process, um, what advice do you give to them in terms of preparing themselves for, I guess, their comeback? So we, we're going to focus on you know, athletes, but I would imagine a lot of this crosses over for, for all females. But in terms of that preparation phase, um, what sort of things can, should females be considering doing?
2: So I guess there's probably three areas worth talking about. Um, one being the pelvic floor, two being abdominal separation, and three probably being injury prevention um, in terms of the sort of training that's required. Uh, so when we're talking about pregnancy um, and the pelvic floor, um, it's probably a good idea to start some pelvic ec- floor exercises even when they're pregnant um, in preparation for after they've had the baby Uh, so we forget that the weight of the baby on the pelvic floor over those nine months uh, does lengthen the pelvic floor and it reduces its ability to generate force so important to start those early Uh, if we talk about abdominal separation so it's something a lot of uh, ladies are concerned about Uh, while you're pregnant there's nothing you can do about it Uh, often doing stomach exercises will make it worse. Uh, So that's just something you need to let happen um, and something that you'll need to deal with afterwards. And then if we look at uh, trying to prevent injuries or what areas of the body that we need to target while we're pregnant, uh, there's a few things worth mentioning. So with the extra hormones in your body, we do get laxity of the ligaments uh, and often that ha- happens around the, around the back and the pelvis and that could lead to some sort of pelvic girdle pain. Uh, so avoiding high-impact exercises uh, and listening to your body is really important whilst you're pregnant. And in terms of stopping that, I think the main thing would do be to concentrate would be on glute strength. So uh, whilst you're pregnant, your body does change Uh, It's posture to accommodate that growing bump at the front. So you often end up with an anterior tilted pelvis. So strengthening the glutes uh, will help negate that. um, And it's certainly going to put you a little bit further ahead for that um, postnatal period when you're starting to get back into training.
1: What about running? I mean, sometimes people cast their uh, opinions on, on females when they're out there doing, you know, um, triathlon-related activities. Swimming, you know, just for, for layman's probably think that's absolutely fine, but is, yep. in terms of running, is it not just damage to their body, but is, is running a wise thing to be doing while you're pregnant or is it uh, they're better off focusing on, you know, less weight-bearing activities like um, cycling and swimming?
2: Oh, listen, I think it's fine. So I think the current recommendation is is moderate intensity exercise. Uh, so we generally use the talk test as a good guide. So if women can exercise and talk at the same time, then that's normally okay. Each woman will find uh, their body reacts differently to the person next to them. So while some people might be fine to run up until they give birth, others might find that their pelvis becomes sore or they feel unsupported or they're just not comfortable. So I think it really depends on the person certainly not going to damage the baby uh, running to full term it's just whether your body will cope with it
0: so so post-birth what are some of the main changes that have happened to the female body from a running cycling perspective you know we maybe there's some of the areas that have been weakened and we need to address
2: Yes, yeah, so I think as mentioned before, um, apart from general deconditioning, just because people are probably not training as hard whilst they're pregnant, uh, but I think any triathlete will will certainly recover that fairly quickly with their training. Um, it's just that reduced lower limb strength, so especially the glutes or the buttock muscles. Um, and I think if we look further down the track, Having reduced strength around that area is certainly going to increase their risk um, of overuse injuries as they increase the training, so patellofemoral pain or or tendinopathies um, around the hips um, and knees is probably the main thing. Um, Abdominal strength is probably something else that we I touched on before and just core stability. Uh, so obviously, having had the baby um, inside the abdominals, it does actually make them separate. They don't always join back together. So it obviously, results in poor trunk control, um, poor pelvic control, um, and that can affect the, your biomechanics in your running. Um, and certainly, maybe the ability to hold prolonged positions on the bike, just having uh, poorer endurance in the lumbar spine. Um, I think they're probably the main things. Um, often we see a lot of stiffness in the upper back um, and that's mainly from carrying the baby and breastfeeding, but I don't think that should have a huge effect um, on your running and cycling. And Timing-wise,
1: you know, um, when can females, you know, expect realistically to be returning to at least moderate exercise and how long does it typically I know this will probably be quite an individualized thing but typically how long could females expect before they can be back to a you know a fairly normal sort of level of training?
2: Yes yeah, so I think this is quite a well I mean this is a controversial area and I think there's no magic number but often you'll hear people quote six weeks. Um, it is different for every person though so If we can link, it's mostly related to the damage of your pelvic floor from the birth. So if we can link it to, say, Uh, A hamstring injury, Uh, there's a big difference between a hamstring strain and a huge tear where you rip the hamstring in half. And the same thing can happen to the pelvic floor. So um, there's a big difference between someone who's had a relatively easy birth with a a small baby um, and no damage to the pelvic floor, no tearing, um, and a reasonable recovery in their abdominal area to an older lady, which increases your risk um, of problems. Someone who's had a large baby um, delivered by forceps uh, maybe they've pulled the pelvic floor muscles off the pubic bone. Um, they've got signs of prolapse and maybe some incontinence. Um, it's going to be very different advice that we give to that lady versus someone who's who's um, been the first one that I explained.
0: Well, what happens if you do go back too early?
2: Uh, well, I think it's important that you get yourself checked and actually find out you know what's appropriate for you. Um, but if you go back early, I mean, you could see nothing happen, or or it could be serious and have serious implications further down the track. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we always talk about maybe you're going to be battling lots of niggles in your body and, and you're going to have lots of overuse injuries and that's something we can overcome fairly easily um, with some targeted strengthening and, and some physio. Uh, but I think we need to talk about pelvic floor damage, um, So with vaginal births, um, you can damage the pelvic floor um, and ending up with some sort of dysfunction. Dysfunction is actually quite common um, and that might present as maybe some leaking with running or jumping or coughing or laughing or if you're needing to go to the toilet. Um, It can also present as pain when you're going to the toilet, constipation pelvic pain and and certainly a myriad of different problems which I won't go into today. (laughs) Um, But I think the main thing um, that you're probably risking and and is worth chatting about is pelvic organ prolapse um, because it's probably what you don't want. So pelvic organ prolapse um, or prolapse is a condition where your pelvic organs, so your bladder, your bowel and your uterus can start to move into the pelvic cavity. Uh, So I always like to give a really good um, analogy which I think um, hits home for a lot of people um, about what your pelvic organs are sitting like in your pelvis and, and what it means in terms of Uh, damage in childbirth with your pelvic floor and the ligaments that are holding your pelvic organs up. So imagine you're in a a small square room um, and your pelvic organs are like a big Swiss ball, so you know those big exercise balls. If we suspended that Swiss ball halfway up uh, the ceiling, So, if we used a fisherman's net and attached each corner, um, the net to each corner of the room, the ball would be suspended in the middle of of the room. So, that represents the ligaments that hold up our pelvic organs. So, if we were hanging there all day, uh, the ligaments or that net would start to get uh, tired, um, it would start to stretch over time um, and at some point it would break. So, uh, what happens normally is imagine now I go and stand under that Swiss ball and I support it from below. So, um, I would represent the pelvic floor. So, every time you run or jump or cough or sneeze, I would provide some support from the bottom to take some of the strain off the ligaments. Um, So they work together. The the ligaments that hold up your pelvic organs and your pelvic floor underneath. So in childbirth, we know... um, the pelvic floor has already been weakened um, and often damaged. There might be some tearing in there. You may have also uh, damaged some of the ligaments that are holding up the pelvic organs. So both systems are not working as well. So if your pelvic floor is not working, imagine you start to go back to running early before your tissues have had the chance so that net has had the chance to recover. Um, and if you've got a tear in that net, it won't ever recover and if your pelvic floor is not supporting below it 's only a matter of time with that repetitive nature of running that you 're going to be putting too much strain on the ligaments and and they will probably tear and break more, so it results in a prolapse, um, which is something we don 't want to have surgery doesn 't have great results um, and it will affect women sort of through their lifetime
1: it 's very, very common isn 't it for, for 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 a lot of females to have at least some degree of and a pelvic floor weakening. So, is it in terms of actually working on that? Is it is it and, and having exercises? Is it, is it easy to find exercises online, or obviously they can come and see you guys at Square One Physio if they're based in, in Sydney? Um, but is there a lot of information out there on what sort of exercises females can be doing, and 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 how long they need to carry on with them?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, so a lot of women will have heard about pelvic floor exercises, but probably don't understand how to use their pelvic floor properly so research tells us it's actually really important to learn to see a women's health physio and learn actually what a proper contraction is and you guys have got a pelvic floor too um, and you may not be aware how to switch your pelvic floor muscles on as well so um, i think important to do them but it's important to do them properly um, so i think mm. probably the main message is is get yourself checked out make sure you're doing them properly so if you're spending the time to rehab them you're actually doing the right thing
1: mm. Um. What else have we got here? Um. If you miss, kind of miss the boat, you know. So, say we've got female listeners that are, that have had children and they perhaps haven't done the you know their pelvic floor exercises or, or any of the stuff you've been mentioning. You know, um, is there a, is there a way back if, if they're experiencing issues? Can they, is there a comeback or are they kind of miss the boat?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely no. They won't miss the boat. So, just with any other, any muscle in the body, so the pelvic floor represents a group of muscles, not just one muscle. Um, you can certainly always improve the way they work, and, and that's through some strength training. Um, so, same as any other muscle in the body. Um, the one thing that you probably can miss the boat on is abdominal separation uh so once you i mean that changes rapidly in the first two months after you have the baby in terms of coming back together Um, but you probably have about 12 months from the birth to to get as big a change as you possibly can Uh, once we get a little bit further down the track it makes it a lot harder to make changes in that area
0: just just on the psychology of it, you know, because I imagine you deal with a lot of females who have a lot of focus on sport and exercise and um, probably overdo things in pregnancy um, and then come back too quick because of the need to get back to themselves. What would be your advice around just kind of the mindset you need around this time in your life to safely transition your body through what it needs to transition through?
2: Yeah, I think it's really difficult because I think often we use exercise um, as a stress reliever and and being able to cope uh, with certain things like having a newborn baby and it's certainly probably higher in athletes who are used to training a lot. Um, I think it's really important to, if you do have problems to see someone who understands what your goals are and what you need to do and who will work with you and who won't say, well, don't go and run. There's certainly some things that we can do to allow people to return to running or exercise earlier. And I think when people say to you, well, don't do any exercise," for six weeks and you think, it oh, it's only six weeks. Six weeks is a long time when you're used to training a few hours every day uh, to do nothing. So it, it's difficult, but I think um, just making uh, a few considerations between, say, a physio and and an athlete and working out uh, how we can both be happy um, in terms of recovery and, and getting enough exercise for your mental health as well.
1: Cool. In, anything else, uh, any other advice that we haven't sort of covered here that you've got for anybody that's sort of going through this uh, change in their bodies that we haven't covered?
2: Yeah, I think it's worthwhile to mention that uh, athletes um, and high-level athletes or elite athletes, someone who trains a lot, is probably more likely to have an overactive or a tight pelvic floor than a weakened pelvic floor. So probably going into the pregnancy, they probably don't have a weakness there. Um, But in saying that, sometimes a tight pelvic floor can cause its own problems um, because they can't generate enough force either, Um, and often we find high-level athletes actually have an increase of that avulsion of your pelvic floor, so damage to the pelvic floor muscles during a vaginal birth because they are so tight. So I think it's probably even more important for them to get checked after they've had a baby um, and I think the one thing that I'd really like to re- reiterate is for everyone to get checked after they have a baby um, even if you're not having any problems it's a really good idea to see where you stand um, and what you need to be doing to have that best possible recovery and stop problems further down the track so it may not be a few weeks it may not even be a few years it might be five or ten years down the track um, so once you go through menopause that those problems will start to show their head.
1: Mm. Cool. So if guys want to find out more about you guys, they can go to squareonephysio.com.au and you guys are based in Australia. Anywhere else you'd recommend people uh, check out if they're, if they're not in Sydney in terms of any resources they might be able to or any other plugs for yourself, anything you've got going on in Sydney?
2: Oh, listen, I think, yeah, so Square One Physio, um, our women's health arm is called Mossman Women's Health. Um, there's three of us here um, who, work, who work well with our patients. But I think just finding a good women's health uh, physio in your area, uh, make it easy to go and see someone. So obviously, it's hard when you've got a new baby as well to get out and about um, and if you're trying to balance it with training. So make it as easy as possible. Um, learn what you need to do. Make sure you go through your full rehab. Look at your abdominal muscles. Look at your pelvic floor and do some strength work. So get a little bit stronger before you return and you're going to, uh, it's going to mean less injuries further down the track.
1: Very good. Thank you very much for your time, Holly.
0: Winger of the week. Okay, Jumbo, winger of the week. We're
1: doing number four, the slippery. slippery. The most swim time in a week. Okay, well,
0: Rob Moore, I think it's Rob. Rob, give me more. Rob Moore, give me more. He's 609. Oh, oh. and then second place on the men is Brent Johnson in 51 fifty one. Third place is Roman and Garcia, uh, and he's a four forty one. But in the girls, second overall is Jo Combe. She did a five fifty thirty nine fifty six, and then Sarah Milford uh, did a 3 49 forty nine ten, and then Jenna carr Sefried did a two fifty six. So, Rob- so
1: Rob Moore. Give me more. You are our wanger of the week. Rob, give me some more. I always do like scrolling down to see (laughs) 33rd and training time this week. Who is it? Joe Skipper. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why don't Joe? And uh, we haven't got any really people we can slag off too much for the least amount of training. The least amount of training this week was 17 minutes, so that's okay.
0: Oh, is it? Well, it's better than
1: 30 seconds.
0: that's true. Okay, uh, Jumbo questions Questions. and answers.
1: Okay, so the baby year continues because Hilary Biscay
0: has had a child.
1: I know, I just saw that the other day.
0: I was thinking about Hilary Biscay yesterday.
1: Yeah, and just saw it pop up on Facebook and I thought, another one. Granted, she's not still racing as such, more involved in coaching and clothing clothing line and things like that. But uh, yeah. Just keep popping out all over the show, which is why we've had Holly on the show earlier, giving perspective and mothers that have already had their children some help to get them back on track. And your males can be good, supportive partners. And uh, pretty cool for Hillary's Hilary. a great chick.
0: She's mm. always, you know, really cool person in the sports. It's nice that she's become a mum. Johnbo, we need some more age groupers of the week, and we need some more for my first tries because we're starting to run low on those. Yes. So, what we want you to do is if you do want to submit an age group of the week, uh, you can't submit yourself. Although you'll probably skim if you wanted to. But, no, you can't. But don't, because no. there's ethics here. You're like Team Sky. <laughs> yeah. uh, and my first try, if you want to share my first try, just go to our website. There's little links on the website, and you just go in there and it just
1: click on Contact Us, it. and then there's a drop down there, and then there's Contribute to the Show, and you just fill in the details there. I mean, Bevan says we've got, we haven't got many on the list. That means we've got zero. <laughs> so you've got a very high chance of uh, nominating someone who's done well to get them on the show or tell us about your first triathlon. Yeah,
0: it's pretty important stuff, Jonbo. You want you want to get some new coaching clients?
1: I, I'm not very good at the old Facebook thing. I put a little thing on Facebook, and I think it got about a couple hundred views. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't wasn't my no, best they, effort. They need you to pay it for it. Oh, I did. I said it had too much text in it, and I thought. Oh. Anyway, anyway, I've got a couple of slots open for coaching for this year. So a good time of the season for you, athletes that are doing Northern Hemisphere racing to sort of get on a plan. Um, I keep it very personalised. I've never got more than 20 athletes on there, and I like to think that I've got a. Good grasp on understanding what it takes to get to the top, if you want to get to the top, but also having got a family and a job and all that, understand how the sort of family work dynamic works so pretty much can balance it for anyone. And I've been coaching for since, when did I start? 2004, so. I think I was your one of your first clients. <laughs> I think I was.
0: Because what happened was, and hey, I, I did all right, because mm-hmm. um, Mark Elliott was my coach, and then he started the triathlon mm-hmm. New Zealand, whatever at that time. Mm-hmm and he said there's this guy called John Newsome and you had just come back you from certainly
1: pretty early in the pace and yeah. I went
0: on your website mm-hmm. yeah, John johnnewsomecoachjohnnewsome.com yeah. probably was and, uh, and you were certified by Triathlon New Zealand so I thought yes. he must be good must be good and, then, uh, and hey this, you, you, guys use John he's a bloody good coach um, A he's awesome B he's one coach of the year Correct. Yeah, so, you know, so I've won new fitness instructor year. There you go. You're dealing with high level here, too. <laughs> so we are looking to get, seriously, A, if you want to improve in, in sport, getting a coach is really important and you know John knows his shit, so get, mm. just get on, get on, on, on him, John. Him. Yeah, get on him. Get on him. Um, just Craig, Debenham. I was at a party the other night, John. Craig, go ahead. And now, I don't know if Craig listens to the show or my podcast, but this guy comes up to me, David, David's uh, wife, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Rumble, is, uh, instructor at the gym and I've known David kind of off and on through Stephanie for years and David comes up to me and he goes, Bevan, my mate Craig Debenham yeah. listens to your podcast <laughs> and he loves your podcast and he, and he said, would be great if you can give me a yell out on the show. I said, I'll do that and I said, what show is it? He said, I don't know. So, <laughs> so it might be this he, apparently he's a pretty hardcore athlete so I'm assuming it's probably I am talk. Mm. So Check it out, Craig Debenham. Thank you for being a supporter of what we do on the show. And on that front, let's talk about the Patreon show.
1: Soren Mr. Tasty Vrist. We've got, do, you do Arnold Arnov Slikov is up there racing Iron Man. second Zell. in his age group
0: mm-hmm. uh, by about two minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, David D. Squared Doherty. How is David? Dowdy, David. How is David Doughty? He's very good. Yeah? Yeah. Good times. Okay, we've got a new one.
1: We have. Haig Prince.
0: Yeah, I love this one. We've got an email for everyone. He's, he's you can tell this guy has been in the sport for a long time. It's uh his nickname is actually Race Boy. So we're he's got a nickname already, but we're gonna give you a new one. Yeah. Um he's got been in, in and out of triathlon in the triathletic dojo since nineteen eighty six. And I'm take, um taking the year off to focus on long distance mountain bike racing, like the six day mountain bike race at Burke Epic. Mm-hmm followed by the Leadville 100, and then of course, the Leadville 10K on day eight. If I survive, I will be truly be a week of dojo domination. I used to race the UST series. What was that, Jonbo?
1: That was like the, the short course Bud Light type series in, in the States. Okay, uh,
0: colors light, biathlon series and long stuff back in the day Race i'm canada three times new zealand japan bi man and two conas 1990 and 1993 still dig the sbr thing but what's the sbr thing john
1: swim bike run oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at the ripe old age of 53 and having two hip surgeries hip surgeries and my spine fuse 15 months ago i'm going to have a year of triathlons to preserve the wheels He's uh, given,
1: given us a pic of him uh, being out with his twelve year old daughter, and you can see in the background he's still got his soft ride. Uh, oh, so it's that's it's the so one on with the <laughs> bounce. For you guys who haven't been around in a long time, I only
0: mean, had one of these when I first started
1: the sport. Yeah, it's basically the the one without a, a down tube, so it's just sort of the pole that you kind of sit on and it bounces around. And the newer bi- newer versions of these are diamonds and stuff. I don't think they move very much, but the soft ride back in the day they had a it little really, bit, they had a yeah. little bit of movement in them.
0: Yeah, they were quite bouncy. Uh, so and also he just got he, he's. You could tell he hung out for all the people back in the day. Mm. And he's, you know, just a true lover of the sport. So, John, I, I love you, don't know. Okay.
1: I was sort of thinking vintage because he's yeah. he's been That's around cool. for a while. But we needed something to give that a bit of pump. So, yeah. the vintage viper. Yes. Hey, Prince, the vintage viper.
0: Yes. Don't call your race boy anymore because
1: you're the <laughs> vintage viper.
0: Okay, Jombo sponsors.
1: Extreme Endurance. Your electric buffer. And our patrons. And again, if you want to be a patron,
0: go to dub dub dub. me. It's all very simple on the website. Jonbo, what you got?
1: Godly head. Went out and did it. So I've got the Sea to Sky a Challenge coming up the weekend after next. If you haven't entered it, fantastic race. I had people talking to me last night uh, at my running session and they were saying, "Geez, I haven't done this race before. And I went and ran it. God, it's going to be awesome. So we, went, we took the kids out on Sunday. And so wait, so
0: the race is what?
1: you swim 750 you bike 16, 16 or 18 16 or 18 k's but with a massive big hill climb so you it?
0: basically bike up evans turn left and here turn right
1: him. and you go to the top of mount pleasant so you've got oh, a long you? climb it's proper proper climbing it's not just pansy climbing this is sort of eight turn around then go out to godly head oh. and then you've got a seven and a half k run which is the the first 4k is the most amazing trail running you're going to get pretty much anywhere in the world yeah. You come and run along a beach, and then you've got to climb with some stairs and oh. just on this little single-trail track. It's good terrain. And I then mean you good bro- climb. drop down, and it's um, just a really cool, different race. So we took the kids out there at the weekend for a walk. They loved it, and uh, so it was all good. You've got no need to mention the cricket this week. Yeah, I did watch a little bit of the England game where we lost. We got spanked one game, and then the second game we should have won, but we just stumbled We should have won. That. I, was out, I was
0: out partying, John, so I was mm. kind of trying to keep an eye on it. Yeah. We needed a six off the last ball. Was it exciting, or did you
1: think we got no hope? Going to the last over, we had a, he got a six off the second ball, and we should have won from there. But it was some good bowling by the English. Was it? Uh and then Thursday uh, I've got the Canterbury Secondary School's triathlon I'm organizing. Where there will be a swim. <laughs> <laughs> Unless surf conditions do not allow such. <laughs> and you won't have uh, hundred kids on a two K track? No.
0: There <laughs> will be a swim. Bevan, what's happening it's in your world? for a reason, isn't it, Exactly. <laughs> um what's happening in my world, John? I was out willingly we out partying. Party, party hard. This has been around 50 years, so we had the 50-year party. Mm-hmm. And uh, i got to say, it was, uh, you know what I like doing, John? Partying? Yeah. Mm. No, no, I'm not a party animal. Mm-hmm. But when you go out dancing, like our wedding.
1: Mm-hmm. you know, How often do you go out dancing, John? Not very often. No? Was my wedding the last yeah, time? Yeah, uh, don't know. But yeah, it wouldn't would like have it. been many occasions since yeah. then. So we went
0: out, we had a big night,
1: got some Burger King on the way home. Oh. Do you like your Burger King? No.
0: Oh, don't you? I'd, I'd if it, you're going to get fast food, what would you get? Yeah, no,
1: yeah, fair, fair call. Probably Burger King.
0: Yeah, because I don't do fast food. Because mm-hmm. A, well, you drop some money on that, if <laughs> that meal.
1: Uh, but B, it's just not healthy for you, John. And I'm mm. a healthy person. Mm. But cheap fast food. If I was going for good fast food, I'd go Burger Fuel. Burger Fuel, those burgers are awesome. Yeah,
0: but they, that's not cheap. No. No, you're paying like 20 bucks for a burger there, aren't you? Get you, here. you drop dropping 25. If you get a drink and, and, and some of those crumbly chips, yeah. you know, and then because they, they charge you for the sauce, yeah. so and then they, you get a Coke and it's only three hundred mil, so you need two of those, so you're <laughs> dropping 35 on a meal, But but when you go, it's gone quick, up from twenty
1: <laughs> to thirty five very quickly. <laughs> uh,
0: nothing worse than me because I do a lot of Coke Zero, John. Don't don't get me wrong, and you know that because you've, you've ruined it me. I drink mm. twenty cans and went on with you. But when uh, nothing worse than paying a lot for a drink. I don't you know I get it. But give me more than three hundred mils. You know what I mean. <laughs> I want my refill. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me a six hundred mils. it's yeah. creepers. But uh, so we went to Burger King on the way home, and I, I probably once a year because when we play out here, we get Burger King. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the rule in our life because Joe, yeah. Joe, when she gets few wines in it, she yeah. will have a bit of Burger King because Joe's yeah. pretty pretty disciplined with food. Uh, so if I'm going to do it, John, what do you do? All super size. All in. Yeah, <laughs> super size, and triple whopper. Right. Oh, John, that was good. It was good It's a lot of beef <laughs> You three patties mm. And it's good like, You know Macca's I haven't had Macca's in. I probably haven't had meccas in 20 years Mecca's felt like you're eating plastic
1: I could not tell you the last time we had McDonald's
0: I think I once in Hawaii with my parents When I did mm. Man, mm. But probably 1999 realistically mm. Is the last time I did Macca's I've probably done Burger King five times in the last 10 years mm-hmm. And uh, KFC I haven't had in a long time mm. Oh I do love myself some potato and gravy <laughs> Do I <you> like potato <laughs> and gravy? I think I used to. Oh, John, I think it's still deliverable. those mm. fresh buns. Mm.
1: We're Again, go do the other We used to be able to get corn on the cob. We're going to go do our interview.
0: Oh, do we? We've got five mm. minutes. I could talk for another five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, maybe it should be a discussion of the week.
1: What's your favourite junk food? You, why don't you do that on your other podcast? If you,
0: if you had to go out for a meal and money wasn't a problem, where would you go? In Christchurch.
1: Um, probably... Um. Top floor of the George, uh, what is it called, Pescator? Oh, have you been there? Yeah, or or the other one, Chillingworth Road. The international listeners, they don't care about this stuff. They, we get, every time someone
0: comes to Christchurch, I get an email thinking I'm a tourist guide. Mm. So what should I do in Christchurch?
1: Chillingworth Road is very, very good. What is that? Have heard of it? It's out um, the other side of town. Oh, that <laughs> <It> really helps. Happen <laughs> on. Is it high end? Are you paying a lot? Mm. Yeah. But you
0: went to the George one time and you told me you had to get some food on the way home.
1: That was because it was degustation and mm-hmm. it was like seven. Of course, I wouldn't do that again. Um, but no, good food there. King of snake for me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yep, it's definitely king good. King of snake, Iron Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. What about this week? What are you up to, John? I've already said what I'm up to. Uh,
0: what about life?
1: Uh, looking after my kids. Huh. Yeah. How did the parents' teacher interviews go? Mm, ask Belinda about that. Oh, really? <laughs>
0: Back it up. Come on, we've got five minutes. What happened? Which kids are so letting you down?
1: No, the kids aren't letting us down. The teachers are. No, it's not the teachers, it's the system. How do you, you've got 30 kids in a class, yeah. you know, can't give that much personal attention. No.
0: So we a teacher. Yeah, just, if you want
1: to get Belinda fired up, she comes to one of you. Did she come to your RPM or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I'll do a What the Hell Was Happening for yep. her. Ask her, so what do you think about those, um, if you're doing when you're in the hard section? So, what do you think about those parent teacher interviews, Blunder?
0: Oh, and then she'll just. She'll just, they'll be the next level. She'll be, she'll be like Bannister in the last 100 metres. She'll
1: get a Strava Award. Yeah, she'll get a Strava Award
0: even. Mm, wow. For that segment. Wow. Mm. Poor teachers, John. Mm. They can never win.
1: No.
0: I'm, I'm Russ. Russ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <don't>. Train hard. <laughs> Train smart.
1: Kick